Leslie Miles coming to you today uh, on a different topic. Last week we covered uh, five days of women in the Bible, but this week um, I think it's important that I uh, share why I started a podcast in the first place. And it all began with a dream. I had this dream on March 13th, um, 2013. And in this dream, I found myself um, driving down this uh, country road. It was this uh, two-lane country road. And I was actually sitting in the back of the car. I know it was a family member who was driving, but I, I, I can't recall who it was. And I just remember the soft, breezy wind that blew on my face. I had the window down and it just felt the most serene I had ever felt. And I looked at the sky and the sky had a slight overcast. And um, looking at the sky even made me more uh, more serene. And so as we're driving down this uh, highway, then I looked uh, to my left and there was this little quaint white house. And on the side of it was two uh, brown um, horses, very young horses, I guess you call them ponies, and a white stable fence. And looking into them, it gave me more peace. And I just felt so serene by looking at this house and these horses. So we're going further down the road and eventually we we um, come to a, a, another property and it had a large backyard and it had many trees in the um, backyard, even though the house was uh, quite small, like a country uh, white house that you might see in any country, countryside. And so um, I got out of the car and I went into the backyard. And once I got into the backyard, I saw a dear friend of mine and she began throwing this Frisbee back and forth to me. And we just seemed to be so happy, so happy. And then my attention was still brought back to the uh, tall trees. And over the tall trees, I could see that forecast and it looked bright and I was attracted to it. So the next scene, I'm actually inside of the house. And so once I'm inside of the house, um, even though the living room is small, more relatives kept coming in. They kept coming in. And um, I remember greeting my niece and um, she was happy to see me and we were all happy uh, to see one another. And I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, we should have had this uh, reunion at my sister's house, her mother. And um, as soon as that thought came to me, it vanished because somehow I knew we were all supposed to be exactly where we were. So then after that thought left me, then I saw her mother. And this was a, um, a sister who had passed away six years earlier. And she came in and she had some mail in her hand and she walked over to me with the mail. And um, before I could read any, any of it, uh, both of our attention was brought back to the sky. And we were looking and wondering, like, why is that sky so bright like that? And we just, you know, just stayed in the kitchen looking out this uh, window. And all of a sudden, the wind started to pick up. And because the wind had picked up, it was creating this um, sound, like a pop, pop, pop pop sign but uh the sound was coming from another room in the house so we went to investigate where was this sound coming from and as soon as we entered the room we could see that there was a a bed sheet a white bed sheet was caught in the window of the um of the uh, 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 room there and so uh we were trying to decide whether or not we should 
lift the window and bring the sheet inside. And just as we were making that decision, all of a sudden we looked out uh, another window and it began to rain, but this was a soft uh, um, rain and it came down like little droplets of oil. And so we were fascinated by it and we just um, was so amazed by it that, that it would be coming down in the form of this oil. And the next thing you know, we're actually in that yard and we're standing there and this oil is in our hands and we are rubbing our fingers together and we're just so amazed that and everything just seems so serene about it, even though we had never experienced this before. And all of a sudden, the sky began to look very bright. And so we lifted our forearms to try to protect our eyes from the sun because it was like um, a, a brightness we had not known before. And so as we were trying to protect our eyes, then the sky cracked open. And there he was. There was Jesus. He was standing in the clouds. And we were just so amazed. And at the same time, fearfully uh, happy that he had come. But what amazed me more is that uh, he seemed to be in 3D. His statue was everywhere. He was everywhere. And the next thing I remember is looking down at his feet. And from his feet, uh, I wanted to see all of him. So when I noticed his feet, they were of a, um, a hueish, uh, clayish color that I have never seen here, here on earth. And it was so perfect. It was just, and I was amazed at the perfection of um, his skin tone. And so I looked up a little bit further and I could see that he had on um, his robe. And the soft wind had dropped back down. It was blowing the robe backward. And I could see the robe uh, moving. And so when I looked up to his arms, it was of the same perfection as his feet. And so I wanted to see his face. So I looked up a little bit further and I could see the nape of his uh, neck and I could see his hair slightly moving from the from the wind. His hair was short and curly and, and, and dark black. And as soon as I tried to see his uh, face, I was not permitted to see his face. It was just too great. God did not allow me to see his face. So I brought my eyes back down to the arms uh, and to the feet again. And I was still just so amazed at the uh, perfection of them and the color of them. And so um, when I got my eyes all the way back down to his feet and I'm looking at his feet and his, his sandals and the perfection of it, he began to walk towards me towards us. My sister and I were still standing there. And the next thing happened is Jesus took his hand and he reached his hand down to grab mine. And that's when I woke up. This was the most profound dream I have ever had in my entire life. And when I gave my life to Christ many, many years ago, from, from my, uh, I would say, spiritual awakening, I have had very spiritual dreams ever since, but this one was the most profound I have ever had. And I couldn't shake the dream for days, months, weeks, this went on. And even today, even though it's five years uh, 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 later, um, I still think about it all the time. And so after the dream, um, something very uh, unique began to happen with me, is that I strangely became interested in 
and black people in the Bible, simply because Jesus had appeared to me as a black man. And so uh, I wanted to know more about us. And from there, Jesus took me on this journey of researching black people in the Bible. So that's why you see uh, me always posting about black people in the Bible, because it was a revelation. And the reason why I know it was a revelation is because I had read in Genesis Oh, many, 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 many times with this particular time after this dream, then Jesus uh, directed me to uh, Genesis 2-7. And he just had me focus on that particular scripture. And it says that um, he created Adam from the dust of the ground. And so I uh, realized in that moment, the dust of the ground, it's dark. You know, how, how do, how do uh, Adam appear as white uh, in all the pictures that we see? Because this is not consistent with what I'm reading here. And from there, Jesus took me on another journey to uh, research how that was possible. And so that's when I learned and he opened up my understanding through science that two Caucasians cannot produce people of color. Therefore, Adam had to be a, a, a dark-skinned man in order for the Caucasian race to uh, exist. And so uh, that was such a huge eye-opener for me, huge, 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 because I had no idea. And, and prior, I had not thought of Jesus or color or anything. When I thought of Jesus, I always thought of him in terms of his character and, you know, how compassionate he is. I mean, he was filled with compassion and that always moved me because uh, when you read the scriptures where uh, Jesus looks out over that crowd and it tells us he was filled with compassion and that's why he performed that miracle of feeding all those people because he felt sorry for them he was moved to see them and then on another occasion he um, was preaching I, I, I believe in uh, on the Mount of Olive and he looked out and he saw these people and he said he was moved with compassion because they were uh, like sheep without a shepherd and he knew they needed him desperately and he was moved with that type of uh compassion and then i read another uh another scripture where it says uh, the mother of uh, her only son had passed away and they were in a funeral uh, procession and jesus happened to be passing by and he looked at that woman and that was her only son and it says he was filled with compassion filled with compassion for that mother. And he stopped the procession. He prayed for the son and the son was resurrected back to life. But it was all because Jesus felt for her. Because in those days, uh, without a husband or a son, women did not fare very well. So Jesus, uh, he, he knew that and he had compassion on her. So, uh, I think of Jesus in terms mostly of his compassion and, and, and his uh, his deep love that he has uh, for everyone. I had not thought of Jesus in terms of a color, what he really, you know, I had been affected by the um, the pictures that's passed around of Jesus, but it somehow or another did not affect how I really felt about him. It's just when he came to me as a, a man of, of color, then I began to see all the deception 
that surrounds uh, the picture of Jesus that we know is not consistent uh, with Scripture. Because Scripture does tell us that Jesus' hair is um, woolly, is described as woolly, like a black person's hair or a Middle Eastern person's uh, hair who is a uh, descent of uh, Judah and um, the descendants of Ham, that they have the curly hair, maybe not necessarily totally kinky, but it's going to have that deep curliness uh, to it. And Jesus' complexion also reflected that, that that was his heritage and that's what he had descended from. And so when I began to look at Jesus' genealogy and I see all these uh, Canaanites, dark-skinned people on his genealogy list, and then I um, compared that to uh, how he had revealed himself to me and what I had seen in the dream. And I saw that it was very, very uh, consistent with uh, the truth of what Jesus uh, really looked like. So uh, that dream set me on a whole different course. And uh, as you know, I've written many books because I was very excited about the information. Then I realized um, that God uh, wanted me to share this. Then he commissioned me to share it. And from it, I've um, written the book, Discovering Black People in the Bible, uh, Unveiling Black People in the Bible. And the difference between those two books is that Unveiling Black People in the Bible is I include the dream in the unveiling uh, of black people in the Bible. And uh, Discovering One does not have the dream. And from there, I've written uh, Black Men in the Bible, Unveiling Black Women in the Bible. So I am still on this mission of trying to get uh, the true information out as to who uh, black people are in the Bible. Now, from that, uh, you know, God continuously keep us moving forward. And so uh, in his commission in my life personally, he's recently put me on the path of Africa. And I'm very excited about that. Very, very excited about that because that's my heritage. Uh, my great-grandmother, uh, she was uh, came here as a slave and she came from the Congo. So it is within my DNA. And so, uh, yes, I'm very excited about being a part of Africa. So uh, in my travels in, um, you know, accumulating African friends, then one of my friends, uh, introduced me to his church. And at the time when I met him, he was in a very dark place. And um, I encouraged him to go back to church. And as a result of that, uh, he, he did get back into church. And so he videotaped for me um, the church that he attended in, in, in Africa, in Nigeria, Africa. And just like Jesus was moved with compassion, I was moved with compassion when I saw the church that they attend. The church is very much in need of our help. Very, very much in need of our help. It is a young church. It is a, a growing church. And um, I, uh, from that, I just don't uh, feel compassion and do nothing about it. So I set up a charity, uh, which I am asking you guys to help me with and uh, we're gonna help them build that church. And so one way that you can help me in my uh, commission to help them build their church up is to, uh, you can subscribe to my podcast. Now to subscribe is $4.99 per month. Now, 
that amounts to $1.25 a week. And we can, uh, you know, we throw that kind of money away uh, just just on it, going to the store, stuff that we don't really need. So I'm asking those who feel compassion like I do to actually uh, dedicate that to helping uh, the church. As you will see from the picture from... Um, the episode picture here, you'll see that the roof of the church uh, still needs a, a roof. I mean, on a rainy day, it's going to rain in that church, and the instruments that they have there, of course, would be uh, ruined, and, you know, many, many other things. They need windows to the uh, church. They need, um, you know, a floor put in. I mean, these, I mean, they're in great need. They're in great need, and if you'd like to, um, help in another way if you don't want to subscribe to the monthly you can always cash out me the money under jesus compassion or you can send in a donation through zelle using my name leslie miles l-e-s-s-i-e-m-y-l-e-s or my email address leslie miles l-e-s-s-i-e-m-y-l-e-s at gmail.com so these are the avenues that you can uh help me in my mission because uh, that is my true reason for doing the podcast is because I want to help. And if you're a Christian like me who have a heart of compassion, then um, I think God will move in your heart to do something about it once you know the need is there and, and you see the need. And so I'd just like to read this to you so that you may consider it. And it says in um, John 1 John chapter 3, down in 17, it said, Whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So God... um tells us that, you know, you can't be the kind of Christian that you know another uh, fellow brethren uh, is in need and God has blessed you with so much and you're not willing to help them, then the love of God is not in you. And so if we look even in um, the book of James, and if we look in James 2, it says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, And one of you says to them, depart in peace and be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if does not have works, is dead. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get excited about uh you know, my, my, my commission here. So that's what this week's podcast is about. It is about um, trying to uh, help in any way that I possibly can with um, the church that really needs our help. So uh, I'll be coming to you later on in the week, probably with some other things uh, in relation to this. But um, 
yes, I just wanted to share that with you so you'll understand me better, you'll understand my calling, and you'll understand uh, why I'm doing a podcast in the first place. So uh, until tomorrow, uh, digest what I've said to you, and um, hopefully uh, you'll be moved with compassion to uh, act on uh, what I've shared with you today. So I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to hearing from uh, seeing you respond. Okay, thank you.